Hello, and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. So glad you're tuning in today. A little shorty episode. Haven't been live on the mic for about a month, so I wanted to pop on here and say hello, share some life updates, some astrology updates, of course, and just check in midway through the summer. Can't believe we're already here. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Ashley. I am a self-care coach. I'm an astrologer and a longtime yoga teacher currently on maternity leave with a brand new sweet baby angel who's currently situated on my chest. She does not move from this location. (laughs) She's a cancer son, just like me. So we are literally attached and it's been a dream. It's been an actual dream to bring her into the world. Is it easy having three kiddos? Nope, not easy, but definitely something that like I feel so complete, so much joy. So I'm going to air a full birth story episode in two weeks with guest host Gina Sear, my friend, the host of the podcast, Past Lives in the Divine. And we're going to be talking through birth, through the lens of spirituality, of you know hardship, of loss, and just really the whole story of bringing her here, getting to this point. Um, so make sure to tune in in a couple weeks if you love birth stories. I cannot get enough birth stories from people, the good, the bad, all the things. It's so amazing to hear how life is created. It's just, it's so magical. I love, you know, I love a little magic. Today, I wanted to share some updates on some self-care practices that I've been loving, some astrology that's coming up that you might want to be aware of, and yeah, things that, you know, I've been dreaming about is now in its fullest form. So in this process of postpartum, I had really, really prepared for healing, for my healing. Because ultimately, if I'm doing well, baby's doing well, right? If I'm taking care of myself, my family is being taken care of. And that's something that our culture does not push, right? It's it's the idea that like, okay, yeah, you, you're, you've had your baby, it was an uncomplicated birth. You might as well start getting back to all of your regular things, you know, taking your kids to their activities, doing the cleaning, like maintaining a household within just a couple of days of birth. And that's something that I just don't agree with. And I did the, a full episode. Make sure to check out um, the self-care 101, postpartum self-care 101 with Amanda Raiden. We talked about this, about this pressure from society to get back to things and that society doesn't culture or doesn't value rest, but it's so necessary. And I've experienced that in its truest, truest form. While my birth was beautiful and really what I had imagined, recovery is is real. I mean, there is so much that's happening in this process. And so I have really committed to the two weeks of significant rest. We just passed that two-week mark, so I'm starting to move around a lot more, go for some really short walks, like recording this from my kitchen, and I feel good. I feel taken care of. The other thing that's really important to note and that I want listeners and future mamas, current mamas to understand, really anyone, is that this is not a solo job. I am not superwoman, super mom, not even close. The amount of help that I have right now 
is key. And it's the only way for, for me to feel like I can move forward and I'm not afraid to ask for help. So everything from, you know, my husband was home for two weeks. He still worked. He was definitely on calls and doing all sorts of things, but he was home and he was there to make food for me and he was there to take care of our other kids. So just giving us space to rest um, as needed. I have a postpartum doula, someone who is specifically hired to come help during this process of postpartum. She helps with things like, you know, prepping meals, doing some like cleaning. She plays with my other two girls while I nurse Stella. She holds Stella so I can take a nap or a shower. And so I just want to be completely transparent that this is not a solo job and that those of us that think we can do it all are so let down. Society tells us that we have to do everything and we do not. We don't have to do anything other than keep ourselves well, keep ourselves fed and keep baby well as well. So lots of wells. On that. <laughs> so I hope that, you know, that is transparent I admit there is, you know, a sense of privilege in this experience of being able to hire some additional help and have my partner home. But again, make sure to refer back to the episode with Amanda Raiden on self-care during the postpartum process because we talk about ways that you can take care of yourself even when funds are low. There are so many things that you can do through this transitional period. So let's talk about self-care and some of the things that are just been a complete joy because honestly, there hasn't been a ton of time for like my normal routine, which is totally expected, but still I'm finding these moments to squeeze in some real, real magic. So the first thing is that I've planned or put together a plan for sleep. Now that sounds kind of crazy with a newborn, right? Like, don't worry, she's we're not sleep training or doing any sort of like sleep scheduling. She's two weeks old. We're not there. We're not there yet. Love that, but not there yet. What I have been doing is, you know, putting together just a somewhat of a schedule in terms of like what what our day looks like, right? So in the morning, usually around six, that's when my body wakes up. We get outside immediately. Stella and I both go and sit outside. I nurse her outside for like an hour and she naps on my chest and we get that immediate um, hit of vitamin D, of sun into the ocular nerve, into the eyes that allows the body to move into that circadian rhythm of the day. I do think this is helping with her sleep. She has like 80% of the nights, she has really good long stretches of sleep. She does great. And I think that's because she's organized her days and her nights pretty well because we get outside right away and it's helping me. There are some days, especially in these early postpartum days where you just feel sad. You just feel down. It's baby blues, very, very normal. And I've had those, definitely had those. But I think that this, this rhythm of getting out in the morning and getting outside has really helped mitigate that so that I'm not experiencing quite as many of those sad days as I have in the past. Secondly, I am taking um, quite a bit of supplements and herbs to nourish the body. Um, the, the herbs that I'm working with are really customized to me. Again, I worked with herbalist Amanda Raiden. We did that episode together on 
what my body needs. I tend to have a lot of low milk supply in the past. And so just getting my body to match what Stella needs has taken some extra effort. And so I've got herbs and I've got supplements and lots and lots of rest to make that happen. But having a a supplement routine and, and allowing my body to heal internally with lots of nutrients has helped a lot. It like, (laughs) I literally put like, I put together a to-do list. I definitely recommend this for busy moms, for newborn mamas to have a list of things that you want to do in a day. Literally like for me, it's like take supplements. Okay. Top of the list, like take a shower. Yes. Um, keep baby fed. Yes. Like check, check, check. Obviously these things are going to happen, but that feeling, that sense of completion of like, yes, I did do a lot today. Even when it feels like I didn't do a lot, having that list together, um, is highly recommended. So supplements, nourishment, luckily up to this point, my husband has been making a lot of the food. He loves to cook. He's a helper, but now he's back to work and I'm cooking for myself, for the girls, and sometimes I literally don't have hands because Stella does not like to be put down, as most babies don't. So I invested in some meal delivery for myself and, again, prepped a lot of food in advance, which has been really helpful. Um, But the meal delivery that I'm using at the moment is called Model Meals, and it's Danica Breisha. She's the self-care society founder. So she's, I love her and her work. So these meals are paleo. They're high in protein. They're really just whole foods that I can reheat and eat on the go with one hand. I, I've tried lots of other meal deliveries. Um, I like Saqqara. That at the moment won't provide me with the, the protein that I need because that's a that's a plant-based, um, option, but I do really like that one as well. And then another one I really like is purple carrot, which is like a, another plant-based, I think it's vegan where you prep the food. But right now, again, I don't have quite the hands to do that. So just having like quick, easy go-to meals, popping them in the microwave has been so, so, so helpful. Movement is the next one. And this has been super slow. So, some days movement for me just looks like dancing while wearing baby cell on my chest or literally just walking around the house, moving just a little bit. I did teach, I know you're going to be like, what? A yoga class a couple days ago. But the good thing about teaching yoga is that you don't have to do anything. If you've been teaching a long time, you just cue, 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 say all the words and people know what to do. Um, so just gentle movement, like getting in the body, going for very short walks has been all that I've needed, taking it slow and listening to what my body says is okay. I tend to get clogged milk ducts, which is a, sometimes a sign of fatigue or just, you know, with the way my body produces milk. And it always happens when I've pushed myself a little bit too much. So I know that's a sign of like, okay, take a step back. You're doing too much. Um, the final thing that is just key for self-care right now for me is that I'm going to bed ridiculously early. So my girls go to bed at seven. They like get into their beds around seven. The youngest is like asleep in two seconds. The older one likes to play and do some things till her alarm goes off at eight and then she goes to sleep. And I've been getting into bed at that same time. I know you're like, what? And 
I'm obviously very tired, like playing, being with a newborn all day, so I can fall asleep really fast. But what's so cool about this, and I know this because my aura ring kind of tracks it for me, is that if I get into bed at seven and I wake up at six, you know, that's a long time in bed. And if I'm up nursing two to three hours of those, that stretch, you know, that in the middle of the night, I'm still getting almost eight hours of sleep most nights. It's broken up. Yes, it's not ideal, but it's so much better than the past. I know in the past I would try to like do my regular routine and go to bed at like 10 and wake up at maybe seven. And if baby gets up a gazillion times, you know, I'm only getting four or five hours of sleep, whereas this is allowing me to get a good amount of sleep. So Again, if any of these are helpful for you, if you are in the postpartum process, you are planning for this in the future, these are just super simple things and they're helping big time make this, make this transition a little bit easier. All right, enough about me, about self-care. We will revisit this conversation quite frequently as it continues to evolve. And I, again, I like to share these because life is lifing and we all have these experiences of work and kids and newborns and just all sorts of things that make self-care change and ebb and flow so know that if your routine looks a lot different right now than it does in another stage of life that's okay that's normal just ebb and flow with it and make sure it's a priority for you make sure you're communicating to the people in your life that like you need to prioritize your own well-being and here are the ways to do it you know make sure people understand your non-negotiables they don't have to be huge they don't have to be time consuming your non-negotiables every day is what needs to happen all right, enough about all of that. Let's talk about astrology, what's coming up in the cosmos over the next month or so. So we are in a bit of a rocky moment in the year for the cosmos, for astrology. I just did an Insta story on this. I don't like to be overly predictive or really afraid of what's coming in astrology because it doesn't help. It doesn't help to be afraid when we see something coming, right? What does help is to know that like, hey, you know what? There's some tougher transits coming our way. Let's just be really prepared. Let's be really grounded so that when life continues to happen, we're ready for it, right? And so the transits that are are headed our way, yes, they are challenging, but they're totally doable. And there's a lot of good astrology mixed up in that as well. So, so first, let's talk about Mars square Saturn on August 7th. This is going to be a time where we start to feel really a reality around some harder truth, some things that like maybe we haven't come to terms with in the past, really around our boundaries, things around our schedules, our balance of life. How can we get brutally honest during this time about what restrictions, what boundaries, what needs to be happening in place in order to thrive, right? What's so interesting about all this is that Mars Mars in general can kind of blow things up, right? Mars is fiery. Mars adds some chaos, lots of action. And when we're honest and we just tackle, tackle 
Mars head on and we really say, okay, yes, you're showing me this. This is what's happening. We're able to use it as a gift, right? Mars does not always have to be tough astrology. So take a moment. My suggestion would be to take a moment during this time. Um, again, this happens on August 7th to just evaluate some areas of restriction in your life. Maybe it's where you need to put some new boundaries into place. Maybe it's where you feel like you're overcommitting. Maybe it's where you feel like overall you are just um, a little bit overwhelmed. What needs to happen in order to soothe that, right? This is a hard truth. This is a real in-your-face message, and it helps to listen, right, to come head on. And then perfectly, um, later in the month, Mars moves into Gemini. And again, this is that time Mars, when Mars is here in Gemini, it's hanging out for a while, a little bit longer than it normally hangs out in a sign. And there's so much that helps when Mars is here in Gemini in terms of messaging, right? Mars is the planet of action. Mars is the planet of making things start or, you know, really like taking the first step. And when it's in the sign of Gemini, it has a lot to do with that communication piece. Like what message needs to get out into the world? What um, story are we sharing? Like what is happening that maybe incoming messages that you're experiencing that you're all of a sudden noticing like, wow, okay, this is something I want to start taking action on. Again, this transit is here in Gemini. Mars is in Gemini from August 28th until March 25th. So that's a long time for March to be hanging out. It will go retrograde in the fall. We will come back to that. Don't worry for now. (laughs) But just again, think about that messaging. And if you want to get really specific on how it's affecting your chart, check out where Gemini is in, which house Gemini is in, in your chart. And you can see like what part of your life that messaging might be affecting or what area of your life you can take some of that action. Just pay attention a little bit more. So for the most part, we're having, you know, a Mars moment. Mars isn't always the easiest, but again, when you approach Mars and you stare it in its face and you work with it and you take the messages and you take the precautionaries and you use all that is, you know, the cosmos story to implement some changes in your life, it makes it that much easier. It makes it that much more of a gift, that that much more of a tool that you can use. All right, friends, that's it for a little shorty episode today. I appreciate you so much being a part of the Yoga Magic community. More episodes coming your way every week. Each Thursday this fall is going to be just jam-packed with some really, really amazing conversations, some new events coming up. So if you want to be the first to know about some of those, make sure you are on the Yoga Magic newsletter. You can get that, sign up for that in the show notes. And when you do, you get a free access to the Discover Your Self-Care Style mini course, where you can learn about what type of self-care to do for your sign, specifically for your astrological sign. Again, if you are new here, I'm so grateful. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much. Follow along at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram, and I'm at Ashley.Sondergaard. I would so love to hear from any of you. If you are listening to the show, I haven't been quite as like immersed in the podcast space because obviously I've been busy, and so it's just nice to know that people are listening. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next week. 